This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Welcome to Seek Reality Radio with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about your reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here is Roberta. There is just one reality. Mainstream science and mainstream Christianity have long been describing to us different versions of our one reality, but of course neither of them has it right because both are at their core belief systems. One is theistic, one is atheistic. Scientists say that atheism is the fundamental dogma, and when you start with a dogma, you end up with a belief system. Both of them can give us insights into our one reality, but in fact, neither of them can give us the whole picture. But when we get beyond belief systems and approach the study of reality open-mindedly, looking at all the evidence, we begin to see a genuine reality that is beyond beliefs wonderful. Its greatest truth is the certainty that you are an eternal being. You never began and you never will end. Really knowing that changes everything. Our guest this week is John Odette, who is a fascinating man. He has spent his life on the cutting edge of studying our one reality with some of the greatest, greatest participants in this field. Welcome, John. Well, thank you, Roberta. I'm happy to be with you this morning. What we're going to do today is talk about what John's doing now. But just, just if you could just, in a few sentences, summarize your, your experience in this field, because it's phenomenal. Reading your biography is amazing. Tell people what you've done. My professional background is in healthcare administration, uh, physician practice management, hospital administration, and also hospice administration. But I've also um, worked in the uh, in the arts and arts management, um, directing a a large scale performing arts festival, and also public broadcasting, um, heading up a foundation for public radio and television in Miami, Florida. Uh, so my background is somewhat varied, but it, for the most part, it's concentrated in healthcare. But your background in this field uh, includes some of the leading lights um, in this field: uh, Elizabeth Kubler Ross, yes, um, Raymond Moody back in the seventies. Yes, um, John. Was- yes, I, I I was privileged to meet Elizabeth in 1974. She wow. and Raymond Moody. I, I I was actually very honored to meet Raymond Moody as a medical student. He was, um, I believe, in his uh, junior year of medical school when we met, and uh, he was doing the research that was leading up to Life After Life. This all took place in Augusta, Georgia, in the year 1974. How I met Raymond is um, nothing short of miraculous. There were a number of powerful synchronicities looking back on it, dating all the way back to third grade for me, that all led to my meeting Raymond. And then um, when I heard about his research, it it, it brought back uh, 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 an ancient memory from third grade of of, uh, 
best friend's mother who had a near-death experience. Of course, we didn't know that term back then in the third grade, which for me was 1960, eight years of age. But she described she had a heart attack and passed out and described um, leaving her body and going into a realm of of beautiful uh, light and love and encountering uh, God and um, having a wonderful time and coming back to tell everyone about it. And my best friend, you know, her son was a little bit depressed about the behavioral changes that had taken over his mother because he, he, from his point of view, as an eight-year-old boy, his mother had gone crazy and she wasn't the same person anymore. And, I wish he'd, you know, his name was um, Mike. We called him Bucky. Um, Bucky was of the opinion that his mother had gone off the deep end, oh. you know. And he wished that she would stop talking about God and angels in heaven. Oh, my. <laughs> but, but anyway, so that's how it all started. And when I met Raymond, 74, um, early 74, and he told me that his research was focused on people who had nearly died and what they experienced during their uh, time uh, uh, during the time they were unconscious. That's what piqued my interest and what brought back that memory. And I said, this is really, really important. So I heard the ring of destiny and um, that's how it all started. And through Raymond, Raymond had had many telephone conversations with Elizabeth about his research and her research uh, on the same subject, near death experiences. And um, I was privileged to introduce the two of them physically uh, at a uh, talk Elizabeth was giving outside of Atlanta, Georgia, um, in, I believe it was early 1975, or maybe it's spring of 1975. And uh, I thought that meeting was historic. Those two were really powerhouses in their own way, um, both forces of nature, especially Elizabeth, and um, who I think single-handedly revolutionized treatment and care for the terminally ill and started the hospice movement in this country. Great inspiration to me, a great impact on my life, as as was uh, Dr. Moody. Wow. Well, um, very very few, if any, people can boast this kind of history. Um, then John went on to co-found IANS, which is the major, probably, um, uh, certainly the major near-death experience organization in the country, International Association of Near-Death Studies. Um, and I would argue one of the two or three that are most active in educating people about the fact that life is eternal. So um, that that's a, another feather in your cap for sure. Um, as John goes on with his life, though, nothing seems to slow down. You founded or co-founded um, Quantrack with Dr. Edgar Mitchell. Um, how did you meet him? Oh, Dr. Mitchell and I met in 19... 19- 82, maybe 83, I was directing, it's probably 82 that we met. I was directing Hospice of Palm Beach County, and I was interested in um, establishing uh, the first Center for Conscious Dying. I had heard a lecture by Ram Dass and Stephen Levine, his um, collaborator at the time, uh, about the concept of uh, conscious dying, and it certainly appealed to me, and it certainly brought the concept of pastoral counseling to what to its fullest expression to what I felt it should be and I was interested in moving hospice of Palm Beach County in that direction and I had been in touch with folks at the Institute of Noetic Sciences and also in touch with 
one of their first original members, uh, Mr. Henry Rolfs, who was a close friend of Ed Mitchell's, and uh, he was very he, Henry was a part-time Palm Beach resident, and he was very interested in the Center for Conscious Dying concept, and he arranged for some um, uh, seed money, seed funding, a grant from uh, uh, Noetics to Hospice of Palm Beach County. I think it was a $10,000 grant for that purpose. And I met Ed in relation to all of that originally. And I think at that time he was giving lectures on the Course in Miracles at the uh, Unity Church in Um, West Palm Beach. For people who don't know, he was the fifth or sixth people person to walk on the moon. He was a, a, a major astronaut during the moon phase. Um, and on his way back, he had an extraordinary experience. Um, and uh, as a result of that, um, he became a force in spiritual education uh, in this country. Um, he founded in ILNS, IONS, International Organization of... I don't well, know it's, the it's, it's the Institute Institute of Noetic Sciences. Oh, that's right. That's right. I'm sorry. They, they just affectionately call it Noetics. Yes. It's noetic.org. And yes, Ed founded that as a result of his oneness epiphany during Apollo 14 in February 1971, uh, shortly after he became the sixth man to walk on the lunar surface. And he came back um, 250,000-mile journey from the moon back to the Earth and during that time, he was filled with um, uh, overwhelming feelings of having walked on the moon and looking at Earth from the lunar surface. And it uh, triggered an epiphany uh, for him, which uh, for him revealed the oneness of all things in, in the cosmos. And that led to his establishment of um, the Institute of Noetic Sciences. Wow. And then Quantrek. Tell us about Quantrek, which you co-founded with him. Well, Quantrek is, yes, Quantrek uh, was, was co-founded by Dr. Mitchell and myself. Um, he, Dr. Mitchell, he holds the doctorate from MIT and has made it a passion, has become a passion of his to study uh, quantum physics, quantum mechanics, and in particular, uh, a focus on the quantum hologram, the zero-point energy, and um, the interaction between consciousness and matter. Um, So that is uh, a very interesting counterpart to Eternia. Eternia and Quantrek are one and the same organization. Uh, Quantrek focuses with hard science methodologies on quantum physics, quantum mechanics, the uh, relationship between consciousness and matter, cosmology, zero-point field, zero-point energy, um, and um, uh, the the process of quantum emission absorption uh, from matter to zero-point field, uh, where the event history of every of everything that exists is is uh, we believe encoded and recorded for, in perpetuity for all time. So uh, nature loses nothing. All information is is um, is uh, preserved in we believe in, in zero point uh, field, and we believe this helps you know guide the process of of uh, evolution, nature's feedback loop, if you will, her 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 um, mechanism for learning uh, to to guide a self-organizing, self-correcting universe. 
Um, and that's the hard science uh, part of what we're doing. The soft science part of what we're doing is reflected uh, in Eternio, which is was co-founded by Dr. Eben Alexander and myself. And that focuses on metaphysics and spirituality, which is the flip side of the coin. Can, can, can we just pause and, and tell people Quantrek is Q-U-A-N-T-R-E-K dot org. That's Q-U-A-N-T-R-E-K dot org to get more information about how uh, people are approaching the study of the of the one reality in which we live from a scientific perspective. I think that's very exciting. So, yes, so, it is. It's, 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 um, the potential is enormous um, from this um, area of inquiry. So then we've got we come forward. Uh, Evan Alexander's book has been out for a year and a half, something like that. Yes. yes. Um, he he had an extraordinary near death experience, and he was fortunate uh, in having it um, published in a uh, a book that then became a bestseller. So he has become famous for his near death experience um, and and what it what he believes it revealed to him. Uh, so then, how did you meet him, and how did Eternia get started? Well, I met Dr. Alexander in September of 2011 at um, a meeting, an annual meeting of the, of the International Association for Near-Death Studies, IANS.org. As you, as you pointed out earlier in the interview, I was the primary founder of IANS.org, and um, they had invited me to come speak about the uh, the inspiration which led to the to the founding of the organization and Dr. Alexander heard me heard me speak he was in the audience he was on the program for the next day this is in Durham North Carolina and uh, he came up after the talk introduced himself told me about his experience told me he was writing a book asked for uh, some help with the book and uh, help finding an agent which I was glad to, to assist with and and then he wanted to know all about the founding of IANS and what inspired it and, um, uh, you know, what I was doing at the present time and where I wanted to go in the future. And there was one statement I had made in my remarks, which he really resonated with, and it, it had to do with um, uh, the need to go beyond the question of whether we survive bodily death onto the more important question of what does it mean that we do. I'm not a religious person. Um, I personally have never had what one would call a peak or mystical experience, but I've talked to hundreds who have, and I've done so with the mind of a scientist um, in search of truth. I'm only interested in truth. I'm, I'm only interested in facts. I'm interested in, in data, good, credible data coming from good, solid, sound research. And when science is unable to offer an explanation within its current paradigm, I ask myself why, and I look for the convergence of the data. I look to see where the data is taking uh, things, and from that I draw inferential conclusions, which I believe are sound. And in this case, the evidence for survival of consciousness is overwhelming, and um, one clearly in my opinion, is a, would have to be a reductionist to conclude otherwise. Right. Um, so, you know, that uh, I'm, I, even when I founded IANS um, back in 1976, I was 
primarily interested in the potential of all this information for social change uh, to, to be used as a catalyst to affect the advancement of human civilization. Uh, we needed, I felt, an impetus for for evolution, and I felt we, as a species, we can do better and we should do better, but we needed the inspiration um, to help us take that uh, first step into the into the uh, into the water. And um, I felt the study of spiritually transformative experiences, near-death experience, being one of many different kinds of phenomena that all point to the same conclusion, which is that we're eternal beings in physical form temporarily having physical experience at the present time, but uh, sooner or later uh, outside physical form continuing our eternal existence. Um, so I felt that this information could really change the world. So that's really why I founded IANS, and I explained to Evan that my frustration was that it was all going so slowly, and people were just really still focused on what all of this meant. Um, and what, whether these experiences were uh, could be accounted for in other ways, for example, depersonalization states or um, a lack of oxygen to the brain or temporal lobe seizures uh, or endorphins or some other, um, some other explanation that could be contained within the, the materialistic model. And I looked carefully at all of the alternative explanations and none of them, None of them account for the full range of phenomena that are reported. So I had quickly gone to the conclusion that this suggests and is evidential of survival. Right. And I it, felt it, I felt it's important it, it for is. humanity to understand that. It's very important. This is this is exciting to talk about to talk to someone who's so been so involved in this for so long. We're going to break just briefly. Uh, you're listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. Our wonderful guest is John Audet, and we'll be right back. If you're interested in communicating with the people we used to think were dead, then don't miss the 39th Annual Conference of the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies in Scottsdale, Arizona, next July. The theme of the conference is New Developments in Afterlife Communication. Presenters from as far away as Brazil will be talking about not just mediumship, but also automatic writing and pendulum communication and the astonishing new field of self-induced direct communication with dead loved ones. Two different presenters are working on telephones that will let us communicate with the dead directly. Go to ASCSI.org now for more information. That's ASCSI.org. Join them next July and be amazed. What if there were a place that was the opposite of civilized? And what if it turned out that was the place where human life finally worked? When Roberta Grimes studied the afterlife evidence, she learned more than that our lives are eternal. She also discovered what we really are. And to help us make the most of our lives, she's begun the Letters from Love series of novels. Begin with My Thomas, her well-reviewed account of Thomas Jefferson's marriage. 
move on to Letter from Freedom, then Letter from Money. They read like fantasy romance, but they are the glorious truth. Available on Amazon.com and in bookstores everywhere, or stop by robertagrimes.com to learn more. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. We're talking with John Audette, who is one of the pioneers in this attempt to break through what is really a uh, a fear-based sort of science and religion conspiracy to keep us from knowing what the one reality really is. And I'm thrilled to meet someone else who's been working in this field, especially someone who's been doing it for so long. You're, you're much smarter than I am, John. You, 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 you got a clue much sooner than I ever did. Um, but we're, we're, what John has I'm done I'm not is, sure I would agree with that, Roberta. You're, <laughs> you're a lawyer. You made it through law school, and that, that says a lot about you. So well, that's I, a bit of a pressure I, cooker. I, I suppose. Actually, I love law school. The, the big secret is if you love law school, you don't like practicing law, and if you don't like law school, you're going to be a great lawyer. Um, John, you, so you, you met Eben Alexander. You shared with him this vision you had of, of a, a reality in which people came to know things like the basic fact that near-death experiences are, are surely, I mean, de, de facto evidences of the survival of consciousness, or I would say even the separation of consciousness from material reality. I mean, they're not the same thing. Our brains don't generate our consciousness. And you had, as a skeptical person, you had done the research and figured out for yourself that there is no scientific explanation for the near-death experience. So, so you had this conversation with Eben Alexander, who uh, is famous now for having had a, an extraordinary near-death experience. And tell us from there how, where it went. Well, Eben and I uh, truly resonated in that initial meeting uh, about the vision for the future. We both felt a sense of urgency. Uh, he felt he came back from the other side to do this work. And he knew my primary interest was social change, was um, to to put this information out in a in a credible way um, under the auspices of of good solid scientific work, and to encourage uh, people to um, to study the facts and to draw their conclusions um, and to govern themselves accordingly. I we I felt that this. Um, information and, and Eben agreed uh, li- literally had the power to transform social political and economic institutions absolutely be the closest you have to be the closest thing to a panacea that there is an antidote for most of the, the problems that plague us um, and um, a, a way to truly uh, engender an optimal future for earth and all of its inhabitants um, so that's why we, we, we found it at Eternia, which is basically to pick up where IANs left off and to, to essentially manifest the original vision that I had for IANs um, in terms of the, um, uh, the emphasis on, on social change. So that's so, E-G-E-R-N-E-A dot org, uh, which correct. is the other website to which I invite everyone to go. Um, I understand from you that this is a work in progress. Yes. 
Yes, the website, uh, is, is, you know, we're, we're really not well funded at the present time. We expect to be uh, in, the, in the not too distant future. And one of the first priorities is a, is a major overhaul of the website. So it is a work in progress. There is a lot of information there. One can go there and enter one's own uh, spiritually transformative experience uh, and, uh, and also learn about them and also learn about non-local consciousness and uh, the indicators of non-local consciousness and what that suggests, all pointing to the same conclusions, uh, which we also offer on the website. We call it our cornerstone postulates, which there are seven of them, and they, um, for us, uh, pretty much summarize the con inferential conclusions that we've arrived at from the study of uh, of spiritually transformative experiences and also the study of, um, of indicators of non-local consciousness, which include things like telepathy, clairvoyance, precognition, spontaneous healing, um, prayer, the power of prayer, this sort of thing. Uh, I so, had my own when I was eight years old, which was an experience of light. Um, so my life was transformed very young. Um, that that convinced me right then and there that there was more than what we could see. And so I, that's why I'm doing this now. I've spent my life trying to understand that experience and trying to understand what it meant and still working uh, in, in, in doing that. So... Um, I think it's it's a much more unusual experience, an experience of light, uh, than than uh, is a, a near death experience. But there are they exist in the Bible, and uh, I have met since I, I didn't talk about it, John, until I was in my forties. I told nobody until my mother had one, and then I said, okay, I'm not crazy. But uh, uh, I've since shared it and found my belief is maybe two or three percent of the population have had this kind of light and a voice, which is what happened to me. Well, there are all manner uh, forms of spiritually transformative experiences, and they all have, share some some commonalities, and some characteristics uh, that are similar, but they, they tend to be powerful in their transformative effects and in bringing people to a new perception of reality, a, a, an expanded perception of reality, where they they realize they're not the body, they're in the body, but they're not the body. Right. It's just a temporary, um, just temporary lodging, if you will, and um, and they they get a glimpse of eternity, and they start to to see things from a fresh uh, uh, set of eyes, and with uh, with um, a new newfound perspective that um, is. Um, um, Conducive with, I guess, oneness, unity, um, humanism, and um, compassion and unconditional love. So, in studying all of these experiences and non-local consciousness, we've, we've formed or formulated these postulates, which we think summarizes uh, what most people who undergo these experiences. Um, uh, adopt as their as their own belief system or their own conclusions can, can about. Can you just recite them? Because I I have been to sure. I mean, they're very simple. Them. They're very simple. They're not too uh, they're not too um, um, you know difficult to comprehend. The first is is that and again these are postulates that come as a result of the scientific study of spiritually transformative experiences. 
these are this is what you might call the consensus of opinion, um, the the convergence of all perspectives of those who undergo these experiences, including those who experience um, different kinds of um, uh, non-local consciousness. The first is that consciousness is is not a byproduct of the brain, that it does transcend physical form and exists independent of it. Right. Uh, the second the second is that the consciousness um, is unbounded by space, time, or matter, and is able to manifest in other forms um, throughout the infinite spectrum of eternal existence. Right. Uh, so that when one leaves a physical form, the inner essence or the consciousness, uh, some would call it the spirit of the soul, um, continues on uh, uncompromised, um, liberated from a form, um, and goes throughout eternity um, from form to form, from place to place, as one as one might need for one's own spiritual growth, for one's, one's own um, for one's own. Um, evolution of consciousness. The right. third thing is that everything um, uh, comes from the same source and returns to the same source and um, therefore is everything is interconnected at the quantum level and everything influences everything else non-locally and instantaneously and implying that all things in the universe are one in the grand web of, of creation, the matrix of creation. Um, the fourth one is that uh, it appears to us that the organizing principle and the or- overarching mandate of the cosmos and the uh, purpose of, of all evolution appears to be bringing all things into a state of unconditional love, of consistent yes. unconditional love. <laughs> it um, sounds corny, <laughs> doesn't it, John? But it, that's exactly true. Well, it seems it seems that way to us as the scientific conclusion. Um, now, many I, scientists I, I refer to it as, as affinity when I talk to people. It's affinity. Uh, it's consciousness yes. has an affinity for itself. People accept that word better than the word love, which they think is a human thing, which, of course, it's not. Yes. Now, you know, many in mainstream science would say that these conclusions are not really supported by the data, and they would would would, would say that these conclusions or postulates, as we call them, or so much balderdash, but we would beg to differ, and we have a different point of view about it. And we hope that over the course of time, more robust research by by more um, prestigious uh, academic and scientific organizations with the best credentialed scientists there there are in the world today will help more to come to the same conclusions that we're coming to. Um, The fifth is that... To God's ears, I don't know when that will happen. Um, But I'll tell you, one of the most significant evidences from my perspective that all of this is real is that I've I've done all my research all by myself, never consulted any read books, but I mainly did it in um, just reading afterlife evidence. And every conclusion you're stating is one I've, I've arrived at totally independently. Every conclusion that you're, you know, of you and of your research, every inclusion, conclusion you're stating is one. I mean, I could name half a dozen other senior researchers in this field. They've all come to exactly the same conclusions. That's not coincidence. If you look at no, exactly. Well, that's that's the whole point of these seven postulates. They reflect the consensus of opinion. 
Everybody um, comes to these conclusions. Please, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I'm excited um, to be talking to you. Please finish your your postulate. Yeah. Well, fine. Yeah, I mean, the fifth one is that we believe there is a the data suggests that there is a profound creative intelligence underlying yes. the universe from You're which all things are, yes. originate uh-huh. and to which all things return. Now, some would say God, some would say Allah, some would say you know. Um, the great Om. Um, there are different labels for this intelligence, uh, yeah. but clearly um, there is um, so much precision, so much um, incredible uh, intelligence that underlies um, all that is. I, I, I don't know how it could possibly have manifested spontaneously. I just I don't, I don't. That doesn't. It's- in our individual that doesn't compute in my mind. So, no. but anyway, the, the data we offer that as a postulate because people tell us that they encountered this entity, and millions of people from around the world have had these experiences, yeah. and they're all saying the same thing. And, and, and you know, there are variations. No, no two experiences are identical, but um, they're, uh, they are all in agreement with these postulates. And that's why we offer them. And by the way, these postulates also exist as cornerstone pillar teachings for most of the world's great religions. Nearly all of the world's great religions would agree with these postulates. And this is why we think that that, that they can form a platform to bring about the convergence of science, spirituality, and religion. Um, Because they're all saying the same thing if you strip away the... The dogmas and the, uh, um, you know, the individual theologies, and you get to the root, pillar, cornerstone, original, traditional teachings of these great religions um, yeah. in the world today. You'll find that they're pretty much saying these same things and reflected in these seven postures. So let me just the last two are that uh, the sixth one is that. In an interconnected universe, there is an intricate matrix of cause-effect relationships. And this suggests that what we do to others, we do to ourselves, which in other words means that what we reap is what we sow. Uh, Rather, we sow what we reap. Uh Um, And um, the final is that the the good of the one and the good of the many are symbiotic, in for affirming the uh, ancient wisdom that we really can only be as strong as our weakest link. Right. So um, it basically means to us that we are our brother's keeper. That, um, and it doesn't mean just you know, we human beings should take care of one another. Certainly, that that's true. We human beings should practice unconditional love toward one another, but not just confined to to hum, one human to the other. It, it's it means all life. It means um, uh, the animals, the, the trees, the, the fish in the sea, the the the, uh, the planet as a whole, the atmosphere, the water—it's all part of the same grand whole, and it's all living, it's all conscious. Nothing is inanimate. Everything uh, has at least some level of awareness, including something as dense as a rock. Uh, yes, yeah. it's made up of subatomic particles, and um, they have intelligent processes. Uh, going on all the time, and and there's a process of quantum emission absorption taking place with zero point with the zero point field, um, and uh, so nothing 
exists apart from the grand whole. Uh, nothing lacks awareness or consciousness, at least to some degree. So yeah, um, yeah, you know, it's boggling, but I agree with you. I I I I reach those same conclusions. One of the things, though, that I've I've come past is referring to. I said, "Oh, you found God," because I was all excited about what you were saying. But um, the problem with referring to this base underlying energy-like potentiality that's really the only thing that exists as God is that that implies a whole lot of religious baggage that really doesn't seem to apply at all to this. It's not judgmental. Uh, it is nothing but love. Um, so I've taken to calling it, in honor of the great Max Planck, I've taken to calling it mind. Um, he said that uh, behind the force that holds all of uh, reality in suspension and, and makes it happen is a conscious and intelligent mind. This mind is the matrix of all matter. So when I talk to people about it, I refer to it as mind. Um, because sadly, um, the word God brings with it a lot of negative connotations that come from religion. True, very true. Um, and you know the the, the you know the, the devil's in the details. I mean, that's, that's right. uh, it's got many different um, truths associated with that statement. Um, you, you know, it's all, you know, it's a little bit Kubler Ross used to say many different mountains, but they all point to the same sky. And um, oh, she was I, wonderful! What an extraordinary human being she was. Yes, truly a force oh. of nature she was. <laughs> Um, and is she's still very much a part of everything that we're doing, and oh sure, still, uh, very mindful. She came through um, with a message for me recently, and she wants to now be called Hurricane Lizzie because she's still stirring things up on the other side, and and um, she's um, she's still very much involved in this great work. Uh, we we need to evolve or perish. I mean, if we don't um, shift our thinking and our perceptions. Um, to the, the higher reality and the greater truth, our our, my, our myopia will be the end of us. Um, I, I, I want to hear more can... about um, Hurricane Lizzie. Uh, but meanwhile, yes. this is a very quick hour. I can't believe we're already at another break. Um, but we're just going to break briefly. This is Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. You are an eternal being. You never began. You never will end. And really knowing that changes everything in your life. Our guest today is the extraordinary John Odette, and we'll be right back. What if there were a place that was the opposite of civilized? And what if it turned out that was the place where human life finally worked? When Roberta Grimes studied the afterlife evidence, she learned more than that our lives are eternal. She also discovered what we really are. And to help us make the most of our lives, she's begun the Letters from Love series of novels. Begin with My Thomas, her well-reviewed account of Thomas Jefferson's marriage. Move on to Letter from Freedom, then Letter from Money. They read like fantasy romance, but they are the glorious truth. Available on Amazon.com and in bookstores everywhere. Or stop by RobertaGrimes.com to learn more. 
If you're interested in communicating with the people we used to think were dead, then don't miss the 39th Annual Conference of the Academy for Spiritual and Consciousness Studies in Scottsdale, Arizona, next July. The theme of the conference is New Developments in Afterlife Communication. Presenters from as far away as Brazil will be talking about not just mediumship, but also automatic writing and pendulum communication and the astonishing new field of self-induced direct communication with dead loved ones. Two different presenters are working on telephones that will let us communicate with the dead directly. Go to ASCSI.org now for more information. That's ASCSI.org. Join them next July and be amazed. Welcome back to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes on the Contact Talk Radio Network. We're talking with John Audette. Now, tell me more about what Hurricane Lizzie said to you. I think this is really great. Of course, she would still well, be Well, if you, if, 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 you know, it's the context of, um, of, a, of an experience that I had that really, which, in which my meeting with Evan was predicted by a very talented medium on Long Island named uh, Laura Jackson. And... Um, if one goes to the attorneya.org website under the part about grieving, I talk about um, uh, uh, consulting talented mediums. Um, ones who are truly gifted can really help to um, uh, to assuage grief. And um, Laura had predicted um, the meeting with Evan and the book, the book, and it being a bestseller and the movie that's going to be coming and so on. Um, anyway, I, I uh, have met a few other mediums um, in addition to Laura to kind of sort of get a reality check on the information that she was conveying to me about all the, this work. And um, in one of those sessions, Elizabeth came through. I, I, this medium had no idea about my prior relationship with her and gave some confirming information and um um, she was approving of what we're doing and um, was thanking me for picking up the fallen standard. And, and I, I told her I don't lay claim to that. And, you know, <laughs> so we're just yeah. doing what we can to help things along and to um, to try to get us from where we are to where we could be. Just, you know, one of many different um, efforts that are all pointing in the same direction. That's um, right. All those mountains uh, pointing at the sky. Exactly Yeah, right. uh, you know, there, there are a number of people who have this this compelling vision and mission to, to help make the world a better place and to, to end things like world hunger and poverty and war. And, and we, you know, we're only one of many um, uh, endeavors that are uh, committed to, this, um, to these objectives. And Elizabeth just was, was thanking me for, for the continuing the work and wanting, to know, wanting me to know that she was um, very much involved in it and was going to be lending help and that she was going to continue to be a force of nature on the other side, and she wanted me to start calling her um, Hurricane Lizzie. So, <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> and for what it's worth, I mean, you know, I, nobody else came through one medium. I didn't corroborate that with other mediums, but um, I, I tend to believe it's true. I've had some dreams, lucid dreams with her in them, and um, I get very similar messages in the dreams. So, 
I, I tend to believe that she's 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 on our website. In fact, she's on the home page because I I really credit her with the being the original inspiration that led to the founding of IAMS um, back in 1976. She often talked in her workshops and lectures about the fact that we have a very erroneous perception of death and that if we really understood what it means to die, uh, we wouldn't be afraid of it and we would change the world. And um, she would talk then about her research with uh, near-death experiencers and that just got all the light bulbs going on in my mind and then when I heard Raymond speak about it, I said, aha, this stuff is really powerful. It really could change the world and uh, we need to pull it all together and get it organized and um, and um, apply this for the for the greater good so that's what led me to uh, establish IANS with help from dr. Bruce Grayson and dr. Ken ring and dr. Mike Sabom and uh, dr. Raymond Moody Wow um, all great names that, in this field. yeah and that then led, led to the to the founding of uh, Eternia with Dr. Alexander to uh, pick up where I am sort of left off. One of the things that seems to be true is that this is a massive coordinated effort that's being managed not from the earth level. Um, they, I Over and over and over I meet people who have their important pieces to play in what is an extraordinary effort. Um, and that's exciting. It's exciting to be, you know, one pixel on this enormous canvas that's being, you know, put together way above our pay grade, um, and and uh, and to have just your part to play. Um, I, I I know of other people who are working heavily in the area of afterlife communication because that's important. Um, I I seem to have things that I'm supposed to be doing, and they whenever I get away from them, they nudge me back. Uh, it's it's exciting to to be a foot soldier, don't you think that's true? Well, there, there's no greater dance. I mean, it, as Ram Dass once said, it's the only dance there is. Um, it's the dance of spirit unfolding, and we're here to wake up in the yeah. dream. We're here. You know, this this illusion is a very powerful uh, construction. It certainly uh, is. <laughs> Three dimensional reality we live in. Um, the body is a phenomenal illusion. We, we, we all make the mistake of thinking that that's the sum total of who we are, that we're, we're the, the sum total of our of our uh, existence is the physical body and the social identity. Yeah. But nothing could be further from the truth. I and mean, it's just you know it's just a suit of clothes we're wearing for the time being in one incarnation in the span of eternity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So when we wake up from that. We we tend to look at things um, from much higher perspective, as Elizabeth always encouraged us to do. And when we get into that territory, that's when we can op- open up to oneness and unconditional love, and to celebrating all that is, and to being all we can be, and um, evolving into an optimal future. So, Eternia's job, its vision, is to engineer this optimal future uh, uh, for Earth and all its inhabitants. Its mission is to conduct robust research uh, in, in relation to these seven postulates to generate more and more robust, cre- credible data uh, that um, challenge these postulates and 
that we believe that we we predict will ultimately lend to their lend lend further credence to their validity and their veracity. Wonderful. Um, and, and then it's also its mission is to educate the masses about these postulates and you know just the public on a global level to understand these postulates and what they mean that they exist at the cornerstone pillar teachings of all the world's great religions that they're also supported by frontier open science as well so therefore we think they should be taken seriously and considered um, for adoption by by every thinking person and, they should of uh, course but will it, will they be Science well, well, they, well, they will be as they will be as, as science is able to be. There is no funding, by and large, for this work. So, a great frustration of mine. We have funding for all kinds of things that right. contribute to problems, um, but we don't seem to find much research uh, funding for the greatest question of all, which right. is um, the survival of consciousness beyond bodily death, and. Um, once the funding is there and we're able to give grants to Oxford, Cambridge, Sorbonne, Harvard, Yale, et cetera, the great institutions to do this research in accordance with our protocols and designs, we think that the scientists from the mainstream are going to come increasingly to the same conclusions that we have, which is that these postulates deserve a great deal of respect. Um, and the third thing we do as uh, part of our mission is to um, basically be the change we want to see in the world. We want to apply what we know in practical ways to improve the quality of life, to improve the human condition. So we have programs called Love in Action and Loving Each Other Global Campaign, which um, will route a lot of support to um, uh, other endeavors that are like impactavillage.org, um, which are aimed toward um, um, helping people who are far less fortunate to get a better grip and to, to just, you know, to, to flourish if possible. And um, to, you know, help eradicate poverty, hunger, war, these kinds of things. And the, the other thing we're doing um, really concerns the convergence of science, religion, and spirituality, which is bringing together the best scientists from frontier science who are working in these areas, along with the most open-minded um, uh, top leaders of, of various religions, um, and those involved in the spirituality movement to, to try to find common ground upon which they can all agree and, and to build from there to try to affect this convergence that's really long overdue. I mean, there is really only a, you know, there's, there's a truth, and I think we all want to be operating consistent with that truth, whether we're scientists, whether we're religious figures, or, or whether we're uh, you know, practicing spirituality. These are... This is an objective that we all aspire to, which is to be consistent with whatever is true. Now, Gary so, Schwartz is becoming involved in what you're doing. What is his role? Yes, Dr. Gary Schwartz at the University of Arizona, Tucson, has just been elected chairman of Eternia. And Gary is very uniquely qualified to serve in, in this capacity, and we're very excited about his leadership, we think it will make mean great, great things for Eternia. Um, yeah. He's already agreed to pledge 50% of the royalties from his next book um, to Eternia, and he's encouraging his colleagues to do the same. Wow. He's very, very passionate about our mission and vision. He feels his 
whole life has been a preparation for this. He comes, uh, you know, his PhD from Harvard in clinical psychology, formerly on faculty at Yale, and he's been a, a trailblazer and a pioneer oh, yes. in his own right, um, uh, going back decades, and he's doing some very, very good research in mediumship and in, in other areas that uh, dovetail nicely with what Eternia is doing. And uh, he's um, he's asking all the right questions and thinking all the right thoughts in relation to this work. So we're delighted to have him as our new leader. Yeah, he is... Um he is a force of nature, uh, for sure, um, and he is doing um, what I, I would have thought before I met him what was impossible. He is doing cutting-edge research in what reality is uh, in a mainstream traditional university. He's the role model for so many scientists of the future. So to, for, for you to have him involved is the world's best good housekeeping seal uh, on what you're doing. I, I, anything yes, yeah, yeah. We're, we're fortunate. We're really blessed to have Gary as our chairman, to have Dr. Raymond Moody as our vice chairman, and Dr. Evan Alexander as our senior, uh, chief science officer. Uh, and, uh, of course, Dr. Mitchell, or Mitchell is the chairman and chief science officer uh, of Quantrek. And so well, we, why we not have merge a, them? Have you thought of merging them? Or is that well, they, are, they, are, they are under the same corporate umbrella. Okay. They are. I mean, they're just flip, they're flip sides of the same coin. One focus on physics, cosmology, uh, quantum hologram. The other focus on metaphysics, spirituality, consciousness. But they all point in the same direction, and they they all basically re- relate uh, in a very powerful way to those seven postulates, but from different avenues of approach. This is this has been an exciting uh, opportunity to talk with you, John. We've come to the end of our time. Um, I'm Roberta Grimes. My books are The Fun of Dying, Find Out What Really Happens Next, We're available on Amazon, and one to come out in the fall, which will be about afterlife communication. Um, I have novels as well. My Thomas is the true story of Thomas Jefferson's beautiful marriage. Letter from Freedom and Letter from Money begin the Letters from Love series in which I'm trying from a totally different perspective to do what John Audette is doing now. The third book in that series, Letter from Wonder, will be out in the fall. Uh, but even before that will be another novel called Rich and Famous. So I will be putting out, um, some of them already have been published, but I'll be publishing or republishing six books this year. All are available at Amazon.com and at bookstores everywhere. We've been talking with John Audette, who is president and CEO of both Quantrax.org and Eternia.org, which are sister um, websites. I urge you to go to both, Q-U-A-N-T-R-E-K.org and E-T-E-R. NEA.org. Um, Gary Schwartz is now going to be chairman of this organization, which is all you need to know to know that they're going to be a great success. Soon to be good, the go-to websites for anyone who's interested in understanding how reality works. Please join us next week. Our guest will be Joe Higgins. He's a well-known medium, and he'll be a featured presenter at the ASCSI conference on new developments in afterlife communication in July. Go to ASCSI.org for more details. Meanwhile, visit afterlifeforums.com and join the discussion there. And now, go out and make the most of this coming week in our one reality, always knowing that you are an eternal being and you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about your eternal life. To learn more, tune in every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. 
for lively and positive discussions, visit www.afterlifeforums.com. To contact Roberta, email her at roberta at seekreality.com. Wishing you a productive week empowered by the truth of who you really are.